Gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello everyone, I'm Cash Miller, host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital, and we're back with another great episode. We're going to be talking AI, which we've done a few times, but this time we're going to be, you know, hitting from a uh, a totally different angle because, you know, we're looking at it when it comes to audiences, you know, and the things it can do to help you, you know, figure out who you should be targeting. You know, AI is, of course, it's been, you know, really big in the news and everything, you know, and, and a lot of people have experimented with it. There's pluses, there's downsides to it. There's all sorts of things. I've got with me Kendra Corman, H2H Consulting. Kendra, it's great to have you on. Um, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So I've been doing marketing for 20 plus years. I've been um, leading the way with strategy. I believe in, I consider myself a little bit of a recession style marketer because I believe that all marketing that we do should drive results and should tie back to our business goals. Yeah. <laughs> recession style marketer. That's a kind of an interesting term. Um, yeah. i you don't hear that one come up, you know, you know, obviously in marketing, we want, you know, results, everything should be results oriented. But, you know, a lot of times it's not, you know, like, depends on who you're working with and such, you know, you want to have goals set, you want to have, you know, targets and everything. But depending on, you know, a number of factors, you may or may not, you know, really have figured out what you do, you know, should be doing. And but as a strategist, that's what you're focused on, right? Yep, that's what I'm focused on is things that are going to drive results, not necessarily the newest, shiniest object. It's really about trying to take tried and true results. Yes, I still like to experiment, but some things, if people have unlimited budgets, I'm not the marketer for them. <laughs> yeah, because we can just, you know, we're good. We have unlimited amounts of money. We can just blow it on whatever and hopefully we'll get something out of it. Yes, yeah. and that's not for me. Yeah, if you're sticking to a budget, you're more likely to also have a certain goal that you're trying to achieve and a result. And if you can't achieve it, you know, then you won't have a budget, you know, in the future you know, to be able to work with. Um, you mentioned shiny objects. So AI, ChatGPT and other systems, you know, Google's got Bard, you know, that they're working on um, a number of things. It's about the shiniest object in marketing that you could possibly have. Is that, you know, is that correct? It is a bit of a shiny object, but I don't think it's the same level as some of the like newfangled tactics, you know, all the people jumping on Instagram threads, nothing against Instagram threads. But if you can't support the, the social media channels you have right now, then you shouldn't be adding anything else. Yeah, on. that's that's very true. You know, threads is. You know, I say Twitter initially, X, whatever they want to call themselves nowadays. Um, you know, I love how in the case of them, they threw away, you know, what, 15 years of brand equity <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he wanted a letter. You know, um, you know, you just never know. But, yeah, the that space is, you know, all sorts of things going on. But in the case of AI, you know, there's I say it's brought a number of changes, you know, into how things are doing. It's going to 
definitely have more changes in the future because AI itself is advancing, you know, quite rapidly. And really the difference between now and a couple of years ago, now it's like it's in the forefront. Now we see what's going on. Now, it's not that these things were not being developed. OK, you know, you, all these uh, things did not happen suddenly overnight. You know, it, it feels like it. But I think, you know, in the case of like chat, it forced the release of other products that were already in development, other types of AIs that do specific things. Uh, it's, like I say, because there's no way that we, you know, suddenly overnight have these things that didn't exist, you know, was it November of last year? I think that's when chat came along. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, and I didn't realize that I actually used as much AI at the time than that I was using. I didn't realize how much AI was in my daily business as it was until some an AI expert pointed it out to me. And I think that that opened me up a little bit more to testing and trying. And AI saves me three hours a week on my podcast. It saves me, it saves me on average, I would say 15 hours worth of work. Yeah, I've, I've had um, a number of discussions with people and a lot of the focus on AI is it's really a time-saving tool. Like I say, we've, you know, we try to emphasize because we use it within our agency that it is a um, it's an assistant. It's not a replacement. Yeah, because if you don't have someone that knows how to use it correctly, it cannot do any of the things you want it to do. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And I've heard that term applied to it, you know, multiple times. Um, yeah. So if we're incorporating it because you're a strategist. So if you're incorporating mm -hmm. it into your market and you're looking at how you define your target audiences and, you know, you're trying to put together whether it's personas or, you know, whatnot to, to figure out who you should be marketing to, who is your ideal customer and things like that. How can, you know, whether it's chat or a different AI system, how can these things help you figure these out, you know, really be that assistant for you, make, you know, dealing with such questions uh, more efficient and also be able to get the, you know, obviously the right, right results, you know, because you got to be able to trust it. Yes. So a couple of things. One, when I'm using it to define a target audience, there's a couple of ways that I use this. And first off is we usually have an idea as to who we're targeting. You have an idea, you, you know your best client or the client that you want more of, or even if you're starting out, you know some detail about them, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. AI, these chat GPT and Claude and things, they were trained on data that's out there. Yeah. Well, these people were in there. And so they're able to actually put those clues together for you. Um, I am a big fan of people calling their target audience and asking them questions, yeah. doing surveys, finding out information. I'm a huge fan of that. I would say one out of every 10 people I tell to do that, do it. Oh, yeah. Right. The rest of them don't. And so if you're not going to do that, there needs to be something else. You need to be able to do something else to finish to, to finish your profile and really understand who it is. And the way I have people do that is you put some of that information in it. You tell ChatGPT that you are a marketing strategist. You are defining a target audience. Here's the product. Here's the company. And here's who you work best with. Then you say, what questions do you need me to answer yeah. to fully define the target audience? It comes back with 10 questions. 
you can answer them. You can say, oh, I don't know, things like that. It'll build a persona for you and it fills things in. One of my clients was targeting um, managers in engineering. They were getting closer towards retirement. They're very secure in their job. That's all like, that's all they had. Well, I have the fact that, you know, they're pretty much all white males. They're, you know, we defined their age. We talked about the ages of their kids and the fact that they have at least one in college. So ChatGPT was able to take that little bit of information and build it out into a full target audience and then like what they like to do, what publications they read. Uh-huh. And that narrowed it down so that we were able to go ahead and verify that information. But I didn't have to come up with the fact that they're reading, you know, Private Pilot magazine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we were able to like get that from ChatGPT because it can give you just so many ideas when rounding out your audience. It said, you know, they were going to baseball games. Huh for the high school on the weekends or, you know, the travel team during the week. It identified a lot of that. We were able to verify it, but we didn't have to call them. Right. We didn't have to do a bunch of research and it can really build it out. And because it's, and you can sanity check it, right? So you know enough about your audience usually that you can sanity check it. The other way I've done it is I've used Code Interpreter or Claude.ai, Claude 2, and I've uploaded a PDF. And I say, okay, how would you define the audience of what this is? Who is this for? And it'll come up with an answer. Sometimes the answer needs a little bit more work. Um, but that also tells me that maybe the PDF needs more work. But they'll actually go ahead, they'll read it, it'll read it, and it'll come back and tell you who that target audience is and where they're spending their time. And you can keep asking it questions. What social media channels is it on? And things like that. And it's using data that it has to let you know where that audience is. That's fascinating because, you know, there are so many different uses of AI and you're feeding in, you know, basic information about who you think the audience is, but then it's filling out the rest of the gaps for you in the same way that if you called these people up and you asked them here, you're this, 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 but then you say, you know, what is your, you know, favorite sports, you know, what are the typical, you know, publications you read and stuff. And it's able to accurately predict based on that starter information that you gave it, but it also understands what industry you're trying to understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then puts the you know these things together, and then fills out the rest of it for you. You know, everything with AI is about the input you give it, but you're giving it certain select pieces of data, and then letting it finish out you know the profile essentially. And you're saying that these profiles are like highly accurate. You know, you've tested them afterwards mm-hmm. and said yeah, and then and this saved. You know, like in a survey, how many people, if you were to put together that profile, how many people would it take calling on, you know, or contacting to be able to get the same kind of information? I probably would have had to call 20 people. Okay. So 20 people. And then, you know, which would be. To get the 20 on the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially nowadays, too, because, you know, nowadays it's extremely hard, you know, because of the, you know, robo callers, you know, that never, you know, never quit. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't answer my phone to it if they're not on my contact list, <laughs> you know, give it, I've given up on that idea. Um, so, 
you're able to save all of that time in trying to reach those people actually going through the questions. And yet you're still coming up with the, you know, the same endpoint. It still gave you what you would have gotten if you had done it all manually. So I would say that there's only, the one thing that I find that's missing is some of the words that they use. Okay. It will give me, I would say I get 98% there, but I, I'm a big fan of talking to people because then you can hear the words that they use to describe their problems yeah. and their issues, which really helps you drive better content, but it gets me a lot closer than I would be with people that aren't going to make the phone calls anyway. Yeah, well, because a lot of that would be, you know, might be specific industry jargon that they use when they're talking mm -hmm. or, you know, just ways of talking. It's almost like, how, you know, how you have a, if you uh, live in different parts of the country, you have an accent, you know, in a sense, you know, so you understand that their lingua, lingo is a little bit different, um, but it's their natural way of talking. You know, mm -hmm. so depending on how you're trying to reach them, that, you know, that might be information that's, you know, that is pertinent. Yeah. So how good is, you know, how good has AI gotten into predicting, like, the different interests and needs of the audiences that you're putting together and such, you know, because you're doing the audience with the idea that you're going to, you know, eventually market something to them. Yeah, so how, mm -hmm. how accurate is it going to be in like really matching them up? So it's actually been pretty good in terms of I'm like, okay, I'm working on building a new business and I'm trying to create some products or services that would appeal to this audience. And I give it the audience it gave me and I will say, what are some problems that they're facing? Give me a list of 10 or 20 mm -hmm. different things that okay. they're struggling with. And again, you have to have, in my belief, you have to have some level of knowledge in what you're providing. Oh, yeah. And so there is a little bit of a common sense gut check on some of those questions. Because mm. some of them I'm like, you yeah, know, that group's not with that one. Yeah. But there'll be nine other items on the list that are like, oh, yeah, no, I can definitely see that hole or the need for that product or service or the fact that they're struggling with that question. And then it gives me enough to go back. And so like I'll put some of the questions that I ask it, I'll put them into Google and I'll look at the people also ask or I'll put it in to um, answer the public just to see again what it's coming up with to see how I can supplement it um, around that topic. And it's been fairly accurate in terms of what people are searching for and the questions that they're asking related to those things. And even though like ChatGPT hasn't been trained since before 2021 or whatever yeah. it is, um, September, September 21, is that it? Uh, where it's training stops, it's still been very accurate in the questions that people are asking around certain technologies and things like that, that I wouldn't have thought it would have access to. Yeah, I know, you know, a lot of people are using it as like, because chat came out with an app and stuff so that they're, you know, instead of going to Google, they're asking chat to, you know, give it, you know, answers. And a lot of times, like, it doesn't necessarily replace Google or, you know, because of the different types of information that you can run into and everything. But the way it gives you that information back is what's, you know, often more illuminating because, you know, it's, you know, it's telling you certain things, you know, versus you having to look at a bunch of different websites to, you know, hunt down 
you know, essentially the answer that you need. Um, you know, so from an audience standpoint, I mean, it's like, you know, you're really able to figure out a lot more about the people you want to deal with, but then you're also able to see, you know, if I'm putting together a product or a service, you know, who, you know, yeah, I figured out, okay, who's my ideal client, you know, or customer, but also how do I put together what they're looking for? You know, like, you know, what kind of a service? Cause the, you know, I guess personalization, you know, the way you can specialize, you know, in different services and such, you know, if you're putting this, you know, together, okay, does AI have the ability to help you personalize messages? You know, like, you know, because we know AI, you know, I can ask it to write things and I can, you know, there's all sorts. But the, the question that's constantly come up is it's not good at tone, you know, voice and things like that. I tend to disagree. I think it can do these things. We've tested it and can do these things. But you, if you can't give it the right input... You know, then you're not going to get, you know, back. And that's where you're going to get that generic, you know, answer because you haven't. And, you know, that's why like I say that it's going to be the rise of the AI engineer, the person that knows how to do the prompts really well. I mean, we've got somebody on our staff that is customizing the prompts, you know, because we use AI as an assistant for most of our employees. So is it going to be, you know, personalized messaging and such, you know, and help you along that in that front? Yes, 100%. So... I am a big believer with you. AI can do all of that. It can take on tone. It can take on voice. You just have to give it the right inputs. Mm -hmm. Like I get, I have um, five voices for my company um, that I use. I have my blog voice. Mm. I have my uh, social media posting voice. Mm. I, for my personal pages, I have the, my corporate LinkedIn page voice. So I have all of these different voices um, that it gives me different results. Yeah. I have an email voice again, cause I put samples in, I got the voice from stuff that I had written in the past that worked well, Yeah. got the voice and I can put that in and have it give me stuff that's similar. And I love the fact that I can do that. So yes, um, the, people keep saying that copywriters are going away. Do I think they're going to go away eventually? Maybe, but People that can communicate are the ones that are going to be in high demand in the short term. And that's a big piece of it. If you're not getting what you want out of AI, then you're doing something wrong because there's a way to do it. Mm. Um, You just need to ask better questions. Uh, But, you know, I saw an ad on TikTok for Zapier and they were talking about how they were connecting to their email and auto responding to different emails and things like that. I don't recommend that. At least not with ChatGPT because nothing's secret. Um, (laughs) And I don't want my corporate inbox to go uh, different places. But yes, uh, AI can personalize. I use it if I know what I want to say in response to a negative review. If I know what I want it to say in response to a Facebook message or a Facebook comment on a post or something along those lines. I can actually have it, you know, rewrite that. I just put it in here, answer this, and it will. Yeah, it'll give me an ex- an excellent answer. I just give it a couple of words, and it'll do that. But longer term, it's going to. I'm a big fan of email marketing. I think it's hugely yeah. effective and efficient. But longer term, yeah, I mean, we're using dynamic content. We're using all of those different things right now for email marketing. But it's going to start personalizing it even more. Yeah, it's going to start being able to send an individual email 
to each person on your profile based on the stuff that they've interacted with and things like that. So it's going to get more sophisticated. It's not at the level where that's super easy out of the box. But again, I think when you're personalizing content, it can definitely do that and create merge fields and things like that where you're able to actually create additional things and again, create dynamic content so that, you know, if you're a clothing company and you're writing to a woman who's only ordered men's clothing Mm -hmm. in the past, maybe, you know, for their husband or spouse or whatever, um, like you can do that. And you can do that based upon the information that you have inside of your databases. And AI is making that easier and easier to connect and to build out. I think one of the, so Facebook's supposed to be running a, um, a test for split testing, you know, but, and they're using, cause they're working on their own AI version, you know, as well. And they're incorporating it into their ads, ads platform you know, to run Facebook ads and stuff. And, you know, thinking of, you know, figuring out your audiences and such, you know, if they incorporate it in there and we talk about personalizing messages, the thing that I can see happening for them is, and Google could go this route too, because like Google on Google ads has um, the headline fields. Okay. And so it, right now you write the headlines, Okay, that, and then it mixes and matches with the rest of the, you know, the description and the, you know, other elements Mm -hmm. of the ad. In the case of Facebook, essentially, I could see the same thing happening, but now AI takes over. So you may load up an individual iteration of the ad because they're also creating where you'll be able to do all the um, design work within the platform too. Okay, so you won't have to upload separate ads. You'll be able to, it can basically generate them for you. So how you got mid-journey can generate, it can generate you an ad within the platform, okay, that can then be run. Mm -hmm. I could see it going in a direction of iterations that are all personalized. So the test that they're running is supposed to be like 50,000 iterations for ads to see which performs best. So what I could see them actually doing or making available is that you start and create the same, you know, the first basic ad. You've got an audience in there that you think is, okay, it's defined and this is who I'm trying to go after. But what it does is take and then personalize the ad. So imagine that in your feed, you get, like we could both be fed the same ads, yet mine looks different than yours. It's the same company, it's the same product or service or whatnot, but your imagery is different than mine and even your wording is different because it's personalizing it on the fly you know, for each person that it shows the ad to. And, and depending on how you interact, it gets smarter and smarter the longer you actually run the ad. So you think of how, you know, like in the case of Facebook ads, you know, typically you want to change them depending on how much they've shown. Cause there's a part, you know, you hit a point where of decreasing returns, you know? Mm-hmm. So if they could iterate on the fly, you'd actually never need to change the ad because it's, it's changing every time it shows itself and Google could end up doing the same thing. Yeah, I think, you know, again, they started a little bit with it in terms of how they mix the different pieces that you write. But yes, they're going to start changing the copy for you because Mm -hmm. Facebook wants your ads to be successful. Yeah. 
Because if it's successful, you they get more money. Yeah, I could see Google using your your initial base ads because they use like your headlines because it, it that allows them to understand what you're selling. So based on what you write, it then starts doing altered versions of those headlines. It's not just swapping the headline; it's actually rewriting it as it you know yep. as it sees more and more of how people who clicks on it and everything about them, you know, versus who didn't click on it, and then it's kind of like why didn't they click? And it, if they build that into the system, it's the AI essentially, you know, being the ad, you know, the ad manager and con making constant changes to it. And we're not, like I say, every single time it shows. Yeah, it's more than just mix and match. Right. Yeah. And, and right now, I think the mix and match is actually working pretty well. Mm -hmm. So to get it to the next level where it's rewriting, as long as it's not hallucinating on yeah. a regular basis, yeah, I, I think that you're in a good place. I've heard that that's, you know, become the regular term when it's like, you know, acting a little, you know, strange. It's hallucinating. Yeah. Um, you know, so let's talk marketing messages because this kind of goes into, okay, if it's able to eventually iterate, but what can it do now to help you with different messaging mm -hmm. and such and be able to test different stuff? You know, how do you see AI... Um, assisting, you know, marketers, business owners that, you know, want to be able to, you know, they've got to be able to craft different messages, for, you know, for whatever it is they're selling. So I've had a lot of great experience with this, mostly because I was like, okay, this is not going to appeal to my target audience at all. And so when I'm like, okay, Let's add this. Make sure, please rewrite to make sure that it appeals to this audience, and I'll give it the audience that I want it to to appeal to, and then I'll say, okay, now rewrite for this audience, and it'll rewrite for this other audience, mm. and it actually has proved it's outperformed stuff that my copywriter has written um, because it has been more relevant to the target audience. Mm. We've run some tests because you have to run it really side by side to really understand. But the AI generated content in the ads has outperformed the person. Yeah. The, yeah. I say, is, is the AI smarter than we are? Yeah. You know, like say, or is it more creative? But again, it's garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. So I think you have to be smart enough yeah. to be putting in the right stuff. When you're putting the right information in, it's so powerful what you get back. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it'll rewrite four or five versions based upon the different target audiences that you're looking to do. Going back to that engineer example that I gave you, if I look at the, you know, the engineering manager towards the end of his career that's confident in his job and what he's doing, and he's the perfect target for this one company... Well, one of the people that they have to start winning over is the junior engineer yeah. who has to work with the company. It's not as secure and might be worried that this service is going to replace them, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to win them over. Well, that's an entirely different piece of communication. And it'll take the same piece with a similar goal, again, of what we're trying to get them to sign up for, and it'll rewrite it Yeah, it to appeal to that audience. And it's totally different but yet it achieves what it's supposed to. Yeah, I think that's, you know, what people don't understand how far it can actually go with things. You know, it, you have to experiment with these, you know, different AI platforms to see what they can actually do. So you have to take the time. And, it, you, and for us, you know, as users of these different platforms, there's a huge, there is quite a learning curve. I mean, it's not hard to use, 
you know, any of the AI things, it's hard to get, you know, it takes time and effort to get good at them because I say it's all about that input and what, you know, you've got to understand that if you go further with your commands and it's kind of funny because, you know, like, you know, is it in some cases more work to write the command than it would have been to write the act, the piece that you wanted to give you back. Yeah. But in a lot of, you know, in most cases it's better to write the command and, you know, save the command. You know, know that you can alter it later. You know, if it's something that you're going to have a prompt library yeah. of different pieces. So I've got the voices again, like I said, I have five voices. Mm-hmm. I have those saved. I have different roles saved. I have, um, voices for client social media posts yeah. that again, and I edit them because again, you're going to make the difference in AI, at least for now. Um, until it gets way too good. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it's, you're always, it's, it's based off of existing data. Yeah. So again, the better you get for it, the better everything is. Yeah. And I think within organizations too, if you've got a marketing team or you work, you know, if it's an agency you work with, whatever it might be, because like I say, you've got a list of different prompts you use. We have one too, you know, that, and that way you're not constantly, and we have some, you know, you get some that are quite sophisticated on the prompts. Yeah. And then you edit the prompts based on changes to what you're trying to ask. You know, like you need variations of the same question, but you don't, you know, need a whole new question. The nice thing when you have those prompts is from the the human element, you can more easily train someone to be, because you can start them off with prompts you've already written and it helps them learn, you know, how the prompts work and how sophisticated, you know, sophisticated they can be. And you're going to get back something more, you know, more accurate, you know, like you can trust that they're going to be able to use it once you've trained them to do it as well. But, you know, and they continue to build your library out of different uses because depending on if you want blog writing or social posting or ad writing or what, you know, website content, whatever it might be that you want, you want to be able to put together different strategies for different types of businesses. Because you said like, um, you, you mentioned you work with nonprofits and such, you know, well, marketing for a nonprofit can be bit, you know, different. So you might have the beginnings of a strategy, you know, for it. Mm-hmm. And it's tweaked based on what, you know, the nonprofit's uh, uh, function is, you know, what is it that, you know, that they're built around? So there's all sorts of things you'd be able to put together. So, yeah. And I mean, I think one of the big things that you need to do with AI is get used to. So there's a couple different things. One is you have to use it all the time. So start using it in your personal life. They have apps. Yeah. You can start, you know, asking it what you should cook for dinner and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, simple things, right? But I also think that, you know, and I do, I try to do shorter prompts. My, I mean, my prompts can be pretty long, even the short pieces, but it's easier to root cause the if you do it in into pieces and figure out if you're getting what you're what you want to get. But I would say, yeah, always building the prompt is going to save you time in the long run, mm-hmm. unless you're never doing that task ever again, which yeah. is very rare. So, you know, for business owners, you know, taking advantage of AI, it's something they should be doing. They can, they need to understand that you can use it to figure out audiences, figure out your target, you know, demographics and customers and stuff. And also it can go through to help you write the content, the headlines and things you, you want to do. But you have to, like I say, everything is about your input. You need to have time, you know, take time to understand it. Make sure if you're going to have staff members use it, that they understand it. 
you know, and build out a library of prompts, you know, of different functions. There's tons of businesses that are already taking in, taking advantage of it, and it's one of those things that um, AI is uh, such that I know in you know in the marketing industry, you know, it's pretty much been uh, embrace it or fall behind. You're you pick you know pick which way you want to go, and so. As an agency, you know, we're embracing it, you're embracing it, and I know of others that are, and you've got some people that are, you know, still want to fight against it. I met somebody the other day who's scared. <laughs> She's just flat out said she's scared of AI. She has no interest in ever using it. And I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as job, you know, like, there will be job law, you know, losses from it. That's just what happens. Um, but it also creates jobs. You know, it, they'll, be in, they'll be in different fields. You know, they'll be related to the use of it. Um, and in, you know, some cases, it doesn't replace positions on the whole. You know, everybody is like, oh, this, the, you know, this thing will become totally irrelevant. No, not necessarily. Like I say, content writers won't go away. Um, the number we need might, you know, be reduced. But the ones that we have that are still in the field are using this to their, you know, to their advantage and helping them be more efficient in their job, more creative and stuff, get past things like writer's block and whatnot. You know, so you end up, you know, potentially with a much better, you know, workforce, you know, and stuff for it. And definitely, you know, better educated in the fact that they can use these kinds of tools and such and they understand. So it's better to embrace than, you know, like I say, you can stick your head in the sand, go ahead. But, you know, that's probably going to be to your detriment. Agreed, 100%, because this is one of those things that if you're not embracing it, you're going to fall behind and you may not be able to catch up. Yeah. So, Kendra, this has been great. How do people get a hold of you if they need a strategist? Yeah, so you can go ahead and reach out through my website, which is h2hconsulting.net, h the number two, the letter h, consulting.net, um, or send me an email at support at kendracorman.com. And so another great episode. We've been talking to AI. You should, as a business owner, be embracing it. 